Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father P.J., good morning. Good morning, Father Fabian. Let us begin this day in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who seen the human race falling in dead, will it to redeem it by the coming of your only begotten Son, grant, we pray, that those who confess his incarnation with humble fervor may merit his company as their Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today... It's a uh, very interesting moment because, in fact, tomorrow, to be more precise, we have an amazing saint, St. John the Apostle. Yeah, the, 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 the festival of St. John the Apostle, uh, attached at or near um, the time of Christmas, goes uh, way, 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 way back. Not because this is uh, consistently regarded as the day of his martyrdom. Of course, St. John wasn't martyred. He was boiled and survived, right? But, um, but, it, but it's because of the tide of the Incarnation. Okay. Um, the Christmas festival, uh, whether the 25th or the 6th, has always been about this time of year. And because of the emphasis on the Incarnation in the Gospel of St. John, his festival winds up attached in one way or another to Christmas. But also it's in a very special um, apostle, if may I use that expression, for our Lord represent any tender relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary as well, that uh, connection, intimate connection as well, you know? Right. So, so, so of course, it, it is St. John to whom our Lord entrusts the Blessed Virgin from the cross. St. John, the tradition tells us, uh, takes her into his home, brings her with him to Ephesus, where he ultimately winds up as the bishop. Um, and, uh, a, a, and so they live a kind of a family life together, right? Um, and, and, and this very much connects to... Oops, the incarnation, like the the, the, the the big resounding message of Christmas, right, is God lived a really human life with real human relationships, the real mother and real friends and, and relatives and, and neighbors. And that continued even after his resurrection and continues for us still who who maintain a personal relationship with him ourselves, especially in this Christmas in this Christmas time. It's important or Advent time at the same is the same. So we, we try to engage more and more this discipleship in terms of uh, gratitude, service, and honoring as well. And also it's an invitation for us to follow up uh, St. John the Apostle in very devoted manner and tender manner to approach not only the Blessed Virgin Mary, also all those sufferings and moments that previously, previously had been in a joyful manner that we are closing to approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, and and especially important during these days of of Christmas tide, where um, we wind up ourselves with family and with friends, and maybe closer or in tighter quarters than we're used to the rest of the year. Um, to to remember this is this is the experience of God in the flesh as well, and that this is really this is the opportunity. This is the space in which we're called to grow in holiness, not uh, a conflict or temptation against it. When you mention holiness. Also, we need a more uh, simple lifestyle to celebrate this Christmas moment, you know. A lot of paraphernalia, a lot of uh, noisy consuming, a lot of uh, uh, 
attractive <laughs> manners to satisfy different kind of appet appetites in our heart, in our mind. Block the grace to see the tiny light that will be resplendent the entire universe, the nativity of our Lord, you know? You know, it, I, I, but this puts me in mind of Father, you're going to laugh at me here, but um, it was a Christmas dinner I had in seminary 20 years ago, maybe more. Uh -huh. um, uh, the, one of the fathers made a soup. Okay. And it was and remains to this day. It was the finest soup I've ever had in my life. Wow. It was like a cream of squash thing. All it had in it was cream and the squash. That's it. And that was it. Wow. It was the simplest meal, but it was so good. And I can still, like, I can almost taste it in yeah. my mouth. Now, there was this huge, um, the guy, the, the priest who made the meal was very accomplished chef. He made a beautiful meal, and there were all kinds of other things on the table, but every person raved about the soup. All any of us wanted was more soup. And I think very often what happens in our families is we complexify the holiday, right? The decorations have to be just so. The food's got to be on the table at just this time. I've even had people call the parish and complain about mass times because it conflicts with their family's meal and how mom's going to get the food together. Right? Wow. Um, and, 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 and it just totally misses the point. Um, I think this is part of the appeal, uh, you know, historically to, to midnight mass. There's a way in which if you do something in the middle of the night, it can't be very complicated. <laughs> it's got to be sort of simple. Um, and, 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 and this, of course, recalls the simplicity in which our Lord was himself born. Our Lord was born into simplicity, not complexity. Our, born was born, our Lord was born into poverty, not riches. Our Lord was born into a, a, a family, not a palace. Uh, and, and we should strive for nothing more. With that rigorous uh, celebration and pomposous celebration, probably create more uh, boundaries between us that do not help us to more spontaneously express our faith, spontaneously more spirit of family and unity and home as well, because many of those elements do not are necessary just to reach out one to another, you know? Well, one of the things that, that I really love about Christmas, especially in a bilingual, bicultural parish like mine and, and like yours, Father, is, is, is the way that kind of exchange can happen. Yeah. So, you know, for the Feast of Christ the King, we had a big celebration for the, for the parish's feast day. Um, and my dad tried pozole for the first time. And my dad fell in love with, with pozole. pozole. It's his favorite thing. So, so for Christmas dinner this year, we're having pozole. Which never would have happened if we hadn't had this 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 exchange on the feast of Christ the King, and 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 Christmas has the ability to bring us together that way in ways that otherwise otherwise wouldn't happen. You know, if you if you'd asked my dad when he was my age, did he would he think when he was in his eighties that he'd be he'd be having a a Mexican feast for his Christmas? He'd say no, but but uh, but God and His providence has brought out something new and unimaginable. Moving moving around, coming around, coming around. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Father PJ McManus here from Be Not Afraid. Join me along with Iowa Catholic Radio's Matt Wilkham for our Footprints of God Holy Land pilgrimage, November the 12th through the 21st of 2023. We'll see the Church of the Visitation, touch the top of Mount Calvary, and visit the famous Western Wall. Plus, expert pilgrimage guide and Catholic convert Steve Ray will be right there to bring the Bible to life at every site. Don't miss Iowa Catholic Radio's 2023 Holy Land pilgrimage. Early bird pricing available. Details at iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from CTO. 2023 is just around the corner, and that means... 
time to do taxes. Reduce or eliminate paying Iowa income taxes and instead give to the Catholic Tuition Organization and receive 75% Iowa tax credits. These credits are going fast, so reserve yours today. Online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. The letter from St. Paul from, to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, describe. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's amazing, this uh, poetry, because literally St. Paul described poetry, beautiful things. How we understand in the Old Testament justice. Mm -hmm. So justice Uh, for the Jews was not simply giving to each his due, which is what the notion was for the Greeks. Or legalization. Um, but it, it was, it, it is rather to, to make whole. Whole. Um, you know, uh, when we say a circle is just, that means complete. Perfect. A and that's the idea here is it's about wholeness or completion. We might see today integrity. Um, and it's, and, and, and it's worth noting, you know, m most of our people, um, You know, the Christmas liturgy is, of course, full of words, right? You've got uh, carols and hymns. You've got for. the readings. Most most uh, priests or deacons preaching for Christmas are not going to preach on the epistle. It's easy to blow right past it. <laughs> But I think it's it's worth noting here, right, that this is really, it's in the middle of everything else that we're saying and doing. And, of course, this passage from the, the, the epistle to St. Timothy um, is where we get the embolism after the Our Father, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? So it's, it's a slightly different translation, but this is, what, this is what it's drawing on, is this language here, which is important because it shows us, right, um, that embolism after the Our Father happens, right? That whole ritual uh, unit is directed at Christ on the altar. Right. So, it's, so every Mass is a kind of Christmas, which is why it's traditional for the priest to read the prologue to the gospel of St. John as his Thanksgiving after mass as a way to kind of recognize the way the incarnation continues is in the celebration of the mass. The word of God always is an eternal present justly and devoutly in this age. Mm -hmm. It's not only talking about the past. It's a certain invitation today to praise God. You know, as we await the blessed hope, the expectation of our savior and redeemer, Yeah, you know, the, the language that he uses here is, is um, very direct and intentional. The grace of God has appeared. God's grace showed up. Not, uh, we saw signs and wonders. Not, uh, we heard God's word uh, announced or proclaimed and it was fulfilled. Those are things that people already knew. But God's grace has appeared in the flesh. And that appearance in the flesh is what has made things complete. And that stirs up all devotion. It's really what all devotion has really ever been pointed to to begin with. Right. Saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires. 
and then to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age, as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, you know, the, the great temptation during this period, right, for all of us, is, is, is to use Christmas or the holidays as an excuse for living out worldly desires and living intemperately, <laughs> right? Well. So, so, so it's easy to fall into drunkenness or gluttony at this time of year. It's easy to overspend, um, you know, people way overextending their credit cards, this sort of thing, um, in favor, uh, you know, in order to be able to give gifts, which is a good, but, um, but very often it's not even about the, the person that you're giving the gift to. It's about the feeling you get by giving the gift. I want to be the uncle who gives the best gift, right? That kind of thing. Um, presumption. It, yeah, it, it, it is a kind of deep interior presumption. And so, and so what St. Timothy is calling us or what St. Paul is calling Timothy and us to here, right? is 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 to make sure that we use this great gift that has been given well and that we use it both to make to to allow ourselves to be made whole and to help make the world more whole not to use sort of religious motivations as an excuse to fall into the same bad habits our neighbors have it's very inspirational and providential how you explain that father because literally after that said who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessnesses. Gave himself is not another manner how will be an a completed, completely different sacrifice for us. Well, he see, gave himself. This is the wisdom of God, right? Which, which is folly to the unbeliever. So, so, so what we would do, almost all men, right? What we would do is, uh, were we God and we finally came in the flesh, we, you know, we'd, recall kinds of havoc and put our enemies exactly where we thought they ought to be and, 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 and make sure our friends get all the best seats kind of thing. Right. <laughs> um, and God doesn't work like that. No. So God appears in the flesh and then immediately gives it all away. Immediately gives it all away. And the reason in the church's history, the reason the saints are so compelling is because the saints acquire according to their state in life and their own situation, the same disposition. So the compelling force of someone like Francis of Assisi, who gives us both the stations of the cross and the Christmas crib, the, the, the nativity scene, right? Same saints responsible for both. He's compelling because he takes his clothes off and gives them back to his father. He's compelling because he gives everything away too. He's compelling because he tries to refuse ordination because he doesn't think he's worthy of it. Right? So, 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 so where we all are called to grow in sanctity here is in figuring out what we can yet give away. Not so that we're regarded as the best gift giver, but so that we can be as simple as possible. And to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good, always what is good. The same in the Eucharistic prayer, you know? I, um, uh, at Thanksgiving this year, uh -huh. I was very privileged. We had two, two, two daughters of the parish who are sisters were back. Right. And, and, uh, I, I was able to say, you know, like, um, I, I put money the, the, the parents, when these little girls were baptized here, did not imagine this happening or their families looking quite like this, mm -hmm. but it's precisely in stripping everything else away that they've been able to give the greatest gift that they can. So poverty, chastity, and obedience, what they, what they ultimately do is free up the individual to give what they, the only thing they ever really can possess, which is themselves. For the rest of us, we have to find ways to divest ourselves of unnecessary accoutrements, the things that hold us back, so that we can give away the only thing we ever ultimately have, 
which is ourselves. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Knights of Columbus, Foreman and Pfeiffer Agencies, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, and retirement annuities. Are you looking for a career? We are in search of men with an entrepreneurial spirit and a strong desire to live Catholic values. Knights of Columbus is seeking field agents to serve throughout the state of Iowa. Visit kofc.org slash careers. The Knights of Columbus need you now, and one day you might need the Knights. That's kofc.org slash careers to learn more. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. So this is the the standard opening for every preface, right? Uh, many of them also conclude with the Christological through Christ our Lord. The reason this doesn't is because of what the next paragraph will be. But, but, but I, you know, we hear this every week, every day, many of us, and I think, and I think we skip right past it, right? And probably will be a, a routine sounds and words yeah. that is collocated, but this excessively richful, the meaningful in terms of deeply theology and the eloquent manifestation from the providential God is, wow. Well, you were asking in the earlier segment about what just means in context here, and, and you've got the very same usage here. It is truly right, that is proper, due, and, and just, whole, integral, right? Correct. Our duty, so that which we're obliged to do, and at the same time, our, our salvation. salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. So what saves us is our thanksgiving, our Eucharist. Beautiful, beautiful. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, the providential, total. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that as we recognize in Him God made visible, we may be caught up. Through him in love for things invisible. Mm-hmm. So th- this is a very, very ancient prayer. It goes back at least to Gregory the Great because um, it's in his missal. I don't know if he wrote it, but it, it, it's at least that old, right? Um, and, and, and this kind of language, if you listen carefully to the prefaces of the missal, it's typical. Like this would be, we would call this a typically Latin prayer because it plays with doublets, light and dark, visible and invisible. Those are the two kind of main themes. And that by encountering the one, you have access to the other. So that as we recognize in him, that is Christ, the word made flesh, God made visible. We who are visible are caught up through love of him who is visible in love of things invisible. We have access to the heavenly things through him who united heaven and earth. We've got access to God because God was made a man. And so, so, so what happens here, right, is we're finally able to do what we'd always been called to do, but what, because of our capacities, seemed impossible. 
to have a genuinely personal relationship with God. Christ Jesus gives God a human face, human hands, a human heart, a sacred heart. And that's what gives us access ultimately to the, to the heart of God that's been beating from before the ages. So we can, talking about visible through the Holy Eucharist, he's the real presence of our Lord from the invisible manifestation, the eternal Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I am pleased. Right. So, so this is the whole principle of sacrament. It's the reason uh, Vatican II, they used language that at the time made some people uncomfortable and, and some people still kind of find confusing. But Christ is the first sacrament. The Lord himself is the primordial sacrament. If, if, if sacraments um, uh, make uh, sort of make grace accessible, right, um, uh, in a visible sign of an invisible reality, well, the visible sign of Christ is, 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 is the concretized. He's like sacrament incarnate, right? Right. And then all the things he does establish this pattern of the sacramental life. That's why his baptism is different than our baptism. When Christ is baptized, when we're baptized, we're cleansed by the water. When Christ is baptized, the water is cleansed. Water receives the capacity now to not just to wash bodies, but to wash souls. When Christ uh, says to the apostles, who sins you forgive are forgiven you, who sins you retain are retained, he, he, he grants the power to really forgive, not emotionally forgive, not restore some kind of relationship by way of affection, but in reality to, to allay guilt which is just not a power men otherwise have, right? Right. Um, in all of the sacraments, he enables otherwise human actions with supernatural capacity. And most fundamentally, in the celebration of the Eucharist, he takes the most basic of human actions, eating and drinking, and he sanctifies it so that, so that what we take visibly and tangibly in our hands and in our mouths transforms us. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you eat the Christmas turkey and the turkey becomes part of you. You eat the Holy Eucharist and you become part of him. Part of him. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. So the prefaces are designed to tee up the Holy, Holy, Holy. The Holy, 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 most people think is just a song we sing at church. But the, the, the Holy, 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 right, it comes to us um, directly from the prophet Isaiah, who hears the angels singing this before the throne of God. So we're singing the song of the angels in heaven because at that moment, we've been caught up into the, into the throne room of God, into the court of the kingdom of heaven. And the king takes his seat on the throne. The lamb comes to be seated in the center on the throne. The altar. The lamb who is as slain because he offers himself for the, for, for, the, for the people so that every mass is a kind of Christmas. And, and what happens, right, the remedy for materialism at Christmas and the whole rest of the year is the law of the gift that God is from all eternity pouring himself out, giving himself over. Intrego y derramada, right? He's, 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 he's self-emptying himself all the time. And, and we, in our selfishness, tend either to reject gifts or to cling to them. But when we're at our best, when we're most ennobled, when we're most just and complete, we're turning ourselves over in kind. It's beautiful how you describe that, because for all our audience, this amazing Christmas, eloquent, providential moment from the love of God occurred daily in the Holy Eucharist. 
you know, I, I would really encourage on this score, especially, Father, you know, a lot of us have extra time during the holidays. If daily mass isn't part of your routine and you don't have to work some during the holidays, like between Christmas and New Year's, take your family to mass. It's half an hour. Like, this isn't rocket science. We got them all times all over town and the priests don't really get time off then. So, 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 but, but take your family to mass and allow the fruits of Christmas to extend through the whole week. Approaching our ending program, Father, could you please send us with this beautiful prayer of conclusion? May the incarnation and the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ and the merits and prayers of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, the bearer of the author of life, St. Joseph, her spouse, all the saints and all the angels, grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure should heal you all your sins, help you grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be not afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Go forward and be not afraid.